I am joined now by RNZ business editor Giles Beckford. Tēnā Giles. The hunt for green jet fuel is progressing. Kia to you, Charlotte. Yes, the possible production of sustainable aviation fuel at the former Marsden Point refinery taken a step forward with work, uh, further work to be done on the feasibility of such a project. Channel Infrastructure, which operates the Marsden Point site, and Australia's Fortescue Future Industries We'll look in more detail at the financial, engineering and commercial issues of turning green hydrogen into green jet fuel. If it were to proceed, a new production facility would be needed, although existing storage tanks and the pipeline to Auckland Airport would be usable. Channel Infrastructure's Chief Executive Rob Buchanan explains the next steps. At Channel, we need to work on a commercial model for our business, so... We have a very large site up here at Marsden Point that would be ideally suited for this project given our electricity connections and our connection to the New Zealand fuel supply chain. And FFI will need to work through the viability of the project, including uh, uh, new customers and uh, their view on that. Uh, And once those two things have been worked through, then we'll be getting together to work out the commercial feasibility for the project on our site. Well, a plant, if built, would be able to produce about 60 million litres of green jet fuel a year. That's roughly 3% of the country's needs. Rob Buchanan says Channel Infrastructure's long-proposed solar farm next to the old refinery may be or could be a source of power, although Fortescue has also engaged several large power companies, including Manawa Energy and Mercury, as potential suppliers. The new study is likely to take about 12 to 18 months and is being supported by uh, the Energy Efficiency and Conservation Authority. The Financial Markets Authority has issued a permanent ban on the multi-level marketing company Validus after the High Court dismissed the company's appeal. permanent stop order was issued in May, but Validus requested it not be published while the court considered its appeal, to which the FMA agreed. The ban prohibits the US-registered Validus from repeating what the FMA says is unlawful behaviour. It says that people that attend Validus seminars have been told to buy educational packages that contain false or misleading information. The FMA's Executive Director of Response and Enforcement, Paul Gregory, says the permanent ban is a response to Validus holding seminars after an earlier interim ban in February. We'll be watching Validus activity in New Zealand uh, and we'll take action where we believe it's necessary to protect the public and enforce the order. Um, And the order is about, of course, offering uh, Validus financial products. Um, It is enforceable, uh, which is why it was appealed. uh, And we're also continuing to cooperate with with the Commerce Commission on matters relating to Validus. Paul Gregory says if Validus doesn't comply with the stop order, it could face action, and that has a maximum fine of $300,000. As you may have heard in the news, the Retirement Commissioner wants policy changes as a new report shows the extreme strain that some pensioners suffered when their superannuation payments were halted as they were caught offshore during the COVID border closures. The Commission spoken to pensioners whose payments were cancelled and then billed back to them between early April 2020 and the end of December 2021. And that's when they t- travelled out of the country and couldn't get back uh, to New Zealand because the borders had been closed. Some say they were treated like criminals by the Ministry of Social Development staff and they told how they should have known and, and they were told they should have known their payments would be halted. 
Well, those who appealed to MSD who appealed MSD's decision to the Benefit Review Committee found the process arduous and disappointing after the committee sided with the ministry. Well, the Retirement Commissioner Jane Wrightson says between five and seven thousand pensioners were potentially left out of pocket. The rules are quite inflexible, and that's the legislation. Your pension will stop after 26 weeks away. Pensioners generally know that. If you're away for 30 weeks, you'll get a demand to repay 26 weeks of your pension, which is about $8,000 for some. That is really tough, and that demand seems to be automatic, and that is also part of the problem, I think. You have to ask, what's that repayment of 30 weeks all about? And nobody seems to know. Jane Wrightson wants an urgent reassessment of the 30-day repayment requirement, a review of the appeal system, which she says breaches natural justice principles, and greater investment in MSD's data management systems. Higher immigration is yet to have a material impact on the housing market as prices continue to fall. CoreLogic's latest house price index shows prices fell at a faster rate in June, down 1.2%, that compares with a 0.7% dip in May. Well, the average price is now just over $911,000. That's down 10.6% on a year ago. CoreLogic's head of research, Nick Goodall, says despite the strong rebound in migration, the difficulty in getting credit is having a greater effect on the housing market. Credit is probably the greater influence on the market. Of course, population growth and if we're not building enough properties, those are also factor into where property prices will go. But the bigger impact here is credit growth and, and the unavailability of credit due to high interest rates. Um, near migration, of course, many migrants coming into the country will also be renters first time. And so as they go into the rental market, that might see some lift in rental prices, which obviously flows through to investor profitability. But at the moment, investors are facing so many other headwinds that it's not having too much of an impact on their calculations and still holding back many investors from, from diving back in and buying more property. Uh, but Nick Goldall does say the weak listings and near-peak mortgage rates, uh, with those factors in play, the market isn't far from hitting the bottom. It's just gone 21 past 12. You're listening to Business on Midday Report. Let's catch up now with what's happening on financial markets. I'm joined by Vanessa Otang of Jardin Securities. Kira to you, Vanessa. Kia ora, Charles. Well, we've had a pretty good run recently in the share market. Has it continued this morning? Um, It hasn't. So we're down slightly today, down 18 points. So we're at 11,962 points, which equates to negative 0.2% today. However, the top movers today are Pacific Edge. They're at 9 cents, up 4.5%. Stride Sable Securities, $1.45, up 3.6%. And A2 Milk, $5.48, up 2.2%. Conversely, at the other end, we've got Precinct Investments, $1.32, down 1.2%. 1%, Auckland Airport, $8.49, down 1%, and Somerset, they're at $9.66, down 0.9% today. However, looking at the first half of 2023, the NZX Growth 50 was up around 4.3% and performed broadly in line with the ASX 200 and FTSE 100, albeit lagging the stronger performing US indices, the NASDAQ and the S&P 500, which have a high proportion to big tech companies. Over the six-month period, the best performers were Serco, Ryman and Fletcher Building, which all benefited from improving outlooks and coming from a depressed starting point. That might bring a smile or two to some Kiwi saver <laughs> investors then. Uh, quick look, how has Australia opened? 
um, very much in line with New Zealand. So the ASX 200 is at 7,263 points. So they're down 16 points, which equates to 0.2%. Um, as I mentioned, the ASX 200 uh, for the first half of 2023 returned 4.5%, and that equates to 5.7% in New Zealand dollars. Well, how's the New Zealand dollar faring? Um, broadly up today. So the New Zealand dollar against the US dollar is 0.6198. Against the Aussie dollar, 0.9259. Against the British pound, 0.4872. Against the euro, 0.5694. Against the Japanese yen, 89.56. And then lastly, the Chinese yuan, 4.47. Which leaves us with interest rates, oil and gold. Certainly. The three-month bank bill rate is at 5.71%. The 10-year government bonds are at 4.69%. Looking at the oil, we've got the Brent crude at 76 spot 37 USA barrel, and the spot gold is at 1,926 US dollars an ounce. Thank you very much. That's Vanessa Otang of Jardin Securities. Another item of business news this lunch hour. Wine exports were worth a record $2.4 billion in the year ended May despite a smaller wine harvest. New Zealand wine growers says strong export values and increasing international demand are underpinning export growth. Export earnings were up 25% on the previous year, with sales to more than 100 countries. And New Zealand wine growers says wine is now the country's fifth biggest single export commodity. A lot of thirsty buyers out there, obviously.